It's August 29th, 2018. Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And of course, first we'll hear from Stefan Opsel from Accelerate HI. And he's here to tell us about a series of workshops for Hawaii startups and businesses. And then we'll hear from Kanoilani Davis from Pomahina and Stacy Nomura from Bradley and Lily both participating in the Mana Up second cohort. First up, Stefan from Sultan Ventures, and he's here to tell us about the Accelerate UH workshops. What's coming up, Stefan? Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, so we're actually here to talk about the Accelerate Hawaii workshops mm-hmm. coming up on September 11th. Um, we're getting really excited, getting geared up to have those start running for the next four weeks every Tuesday out of Halawi Nana. So, so Stefan, you know, um, we've had... Folks from Sultan Ventures come on and talk about Accelerate UH, but give me a little background on what Accelerate HI is. Yeah, so Accelerate UH, as you mentioned, is the University of Hawaii's investment program. And Accelerate Hawaii is entrepreneurship training, workshops, and boot camps for Mm -hmm. the whole Hawaii community. And this is not just startups, right? I mean, it's anybody that perhaps has a business, wants to start a business, just interested in, you know, finding out more information? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's for, you know, people who have an idea but maybe need help um, getting started. It's for small businesses who want to grow sales, uh, startups who are maybe pre-accelerator, trying mm-hmm. to get into one of the programs here in town, uh, even good for corporate entrepreneurs, people who work within a corporate environment but want to innovate within that, that environment. Um, and it's great for people who just want to further their professional development. And are you are you? Uh, uh, I know there's a there's an entry fee. So is it self sustaining based on the entry fee, or do, are you getting some funding from other sources? Yeah, so we do have partners around the community, um, and that allows us to offer scholarships for you know different people and some of the more underrepresented communities in innovation and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of our scholarships are worth up to two hundred and eighty five dollars for Native Hawaiians, women, veterans, minorities. Um, and we also have some for neighbor island residents and students as well. So you got something coming up on the uh, 11th of, of, of September, and it's called, what, Essentials of Entrepreneurship? Give me a, give me a little hint. Like, what essentials are you talking about? <laughs> right. Uh, the essentials of entrepreneurship are the skill sets for the workforce of tomorrow. So at the workshop, you'll be able to learn creative problem-solving techniques like design thinking, uh, market research, growth marketing, which is like your go-to market strategy, and then wrap it all up with financials and funding to kind of get mm-hmm. you ready for um, getting started. And then, uh, so the structure of the actual workshop, you said, is on every Tuesday, you said? Yeah, Tuesday nights. Um, we have classes running all fall long. Um, so join us for Tuesday nights uh, and get ready to learn. And what, do you provide pizza? I mean, is there some food incentive? Uh, there will be snacks, <laughs> uh, yeah, especially for you, Bert. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's what I was really getting at. It's like, you know, can I come over and sneak a, you know, like a slice or something? Yeah, we'd be happy to have you join us. Well, you guys do some great work. I mean, uh, who are some of the instructors that are going to be involved? Yeah, so, um, you know, we have experienced uh, founders, um, seasoned investors, and like, industry like professionals. Like Omar and Tarek? Yeah, so um, Tarek is going to be teaching Essentials of Entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, Tarek Sultan, the managing partner and founder of Accelerate UH and Sultan Ventures. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good opportunity to learn from, you know, an expert in their field um, and get that hands-on interaction. And uh, are you bringing in any other, uh, let's say, expertise from the community? Or is it primarily just uh, Tarek? 
Uh, for Essentials of Entrepreneurship, um, that one will be instructed by Tarek mm-hmm. and Kate Polyakova, who okay, Kate, is yeah. Um, yeah, also works at Sultan Ventures and is the uh, program director, or sorry, program manager at Accelerate UH. Um, and for our other workshops, we'll be bringing in you know industry professionals, lawyers from around the area to cover some of the other topics like business law or digital marketing. Now, I, I remember you said that there's a there's a, a price to the uh, workshop, but there is a special. For any of our listeners, right? That's right. Yes. Okay. Uh, if you register with code BITEMARKS on Eventbrite or through our website, um, you'll be able to save 50% off of your enrollment. And that's spelled B-Y-T-E-M-A-R-K-S. That's right. Okay. Very good. So uh, do you want to share where the what the URL is? Yeah. So uh, visit our website at xlr8hi.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Or sign up for our newsletter to get the latest updates right in your mailbox. Sounds good. And that that first that first uh, workshop is going to be September 11th, right? And it takes place at well, what 5:45 in the evening. But uh, yeah, so we'll put up the URL on the show notes uh, for later on this this evening if you haven't written it down, and and we'll be sure to put that promo code down there because uh, hey, 50 percent is 50 percent. Yeah, got to take advantage of it. Well, thanks, uh, thanks, Stefan, for joining us. Thank you for having us. And, of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, uh, we'll be joined by uh, Kanoi Davis and Stacy Nomura. And we'll talk about the second cohort going over, uh, over at uh, Mana Up. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Ornish Lifestyle Medicine, Ulupono Initiative, and Impact Hub Honolulu Co-working. Well, I can listen to everything I need for the day, from the news to the music to good stories, and it's 24-7, 365. I think probably Derek uh, in his morning edition is one of my favorites, and of course I love Kanakapila on Sunday afternoons. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Well, welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. Now joining us in the studio is Stacy Nomura, uh, and she's with uh, Bradley and Lily. We're going to be waiting for Kanoi uh, Davis, and hopefully she'll call in a little later on. But let me say that uh, Bradley and Lily is a company that uh, uh, Stacy and her husband started. It's a st- it's a stationary company with uh, Pacific inspired design, and of course, I want to welcome you to Bite Marks Cafe. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so, give us a little bit of uh, you know I I don't give justice to the companies because uh, that's really your domain. So, can you share a little bit about what does Bradley and Lily? What is that company all about? Bradley and Lily's a Hawaii lifestyle brand with a current focus on stationery, and I am the designer and illustrator, and my husband, Ian, um, runs our antique letterpress, and he runs the business side of things, and the name Bradley and Lily is after our kids. So when you got started, uh, did did you think that uh, you were going to get into the sort of stationary business? How did you identify that segment? I mean, what, was there like a gap in the marketplace? What did, did you want to express your creative <laughs> energy around you know this particular sector? 
we actually sort of fell into it. Um, so we started when my son was born, and mm-hmm. then I made his birth announcement, and then people started saying, oh, can you do our wedding invitation? So we actually started that way in wedding invitations. It was sort of a creative outlet hobby. And then um, we opened a shop in 2011, and we're just trying to fill the shelves a little bit. So I designed some greeting cards, and that's sort of how the wholesale line started. So when you when you um, did that first, uh, let's say, what, invitation, and you had a special sort of flair to it, and that's what people responded to? They said, oh, wow, this is cool. Yeah, I do- mean, at that time, the Hawaii-themed, I guess, wedding invitations were not so elegant, I guess, and I have a had a different style that wasn't, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, seen locally and I think people sort of gravitated towards that and and did you did you have a a, a background or uh, sort of education along the design field I didn't I'm actually self-taught um, oh. art something I've always enjoyed looking at and just doodling on the side uh-huh. and um, I guess as the need came along I learned the design programs and just fine-tuned my so drawing. Then from a from a um, University standpoint, I mean, what did you uh, did you get up a, a degree in something that's kind of related? I studied Spanish and music, so no, not really. <laughs> yeah, it's just art, something I just like doing on the side. And and so when the um, people started asking about the invitations and and so wedding invitations, I mean, how did that start to pick up? Did it did it just happen through word of mouth and just one on one, and did it? grow to the point where now both you and your husband are actually doing this full-time? Yes. So we, I guess we were lucky in the sense we aligned ourselves with um, a couple of the more luxury wedding planners here in town and then grew our business from there. And so we had a lot of referrals from um, the wedding planners. And then at one point, my husband was like, well, maybe I should help you. And so he actually quit his job and came on full-time. And that was around 2009. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, we grew the business from there. And and so in terms of uh, you know growing the business, was it uh, something that organically just took its own path, and you know people started to ask you, and was there a lot of marketing involved, or, or how did it organically grow to that point where now you could both you know full time employment be derived from the company? I would say it was word of mouth. I mean, there was a little bit of advertising in some magazines, but this was all before social media. So it was, you couldn't, there wasn't an Instagram to show our latest whatever. You just had to sort of um, be known or advertise it someplace. And then, uh, you know, in in terms of the the path that you were going uh, with the business, was it something that... uh, you were satisfied with in, in, in terms of the amount of resource that it took, amount of growth that it, it uh, accomplished. Uh, were there any, let's say, objectives that you had set for yourself as a result of kind of taking this this company and, and growing it? You know, we, I guess, starting it from a hobby, we, there was no real goal. But as we got into it, got into the wedding industry more, we thought, oh, you know, it'd be great to be top of the top in Hawaii of wedding invitations. And as we grew to that status, it was mm-hmm. great. But with custom anything, there wasn't. It's not scalable. So we weren't able to take an original design every single time and and recreate it for somebody else. So it was it was um, 
more time consuming and every order was a, a new project. So it was hard to manage time and resources in that way. Right. So every project is a, in essence, a work of art, right? I mean, because it's all yes. pretty unique. Yes. So it was fun, but it was really time consuming. And how has anything changed over the course of, you know, having the business uh, in place? Well, so now we've tapered off the weddings, and then we, we do take orders here and there of already designed invitations so people can pop in their names and we'll print it out for them. But it, we don't do so much custom anymore. Oh, I yeah. see, I see. So, <clears throat> so, now, the, so the aspect of custom was the unique element that was required a lot of the, the – Specific design, yes, and papers and colors. So every and of course time, right? Because you got to spend a lot of time with your client to understand what it is that they want. Right. So it was, you know, the invitation is the first thing your guest sees. So it was trying to set the stage for everything, and it was um, an amazing process and fun. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. it was just we could only do so many. So was there was there a point in time, an epiphany that you had that said, "Oh man, this is like." taking up all of our time, and there's got to be a better way to manage, you yes, know. Yes, poor Ian. There's a cot in our store, and he was sleeping there. That's your husband, Ian. Yes, so he was there many, many late nights. And then, um, yeah, when we when we started doing the little greeting cards here and there for our shop, we were like, oh, people are responding to this. They're liking the cards, and we had um, our first wholesale order from that. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we thought, oh, this is scalable. It's more doable. And So you had an time. actual uh, storefront? Yeah, we still have a storefront in Kilohana Square. Okay, okay. Yeah. And and what was uh what was the other products that were was in the store? Um greeting cards from other small companies mm-hmm. that do letterpress printing or um little gifty things mm-hmm. for kids and And the store is called uh, Bradley and Uh the store is South Shore Papery, but oh, okay. it says Bradley and Lily on the door too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so there, there is a little bit of a, a kind of cross, a cross yes. branding. Yes, so our, our press is actually in our store. We moved it from the garage to the store, thank goodness. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and so, yeah, we do our production in there for letterpress printing. And and uh, you have a, a room on the side where you folks actually live, no? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, so I, okay, so I get it. So now this idea of, of customizing the the cards, is, is there's a realization that it's kind of <clears> – <throat> very time consuming and and moving from doing one unique development for every client uh, kind of shifts to coming up with a design for something that could be sold for it doesn't have a time limit on it it could be sold so what when you started to do that were there any specific segments that you wanted to do i mean what how did you differentiate with it postcards or stationery or you know notebooks i mean what 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 kind of product line do you have? Right now we have uh, greeting cards that are mostly letterpress printed. So those are like your birthday, anniversary cards, um, event cards, I guess, milestone mm-hmm. cards. And then we have note card sets. And um, our mini notebooks and large notebooks are probably the most popular items right now. Mm-hmm. And and are these uh, um, the designs, are they concepts that you come up with? I mean, how do you what, – what gets – Design. What the thematic threads do you use? Um, I think I'm inspired mostly by nature mm-hmm. and um, animals. Actually, I love drawing sea creatures and um, 
one of my favorite cards is a hammerhead shark with a smile on it, you know, things like that. So it's it's elegant, but it's still a little bit playful and whimsical. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I guess I just sort of interpret what's out there in Hawaii and and stick it on a card. <laughs> and do yeah. you, uh, in terms of the the actual production of it, so you do all the design. Where do you get it printed? Is it printed locally, or do you have to ship it away to get it printed? Yeah, everything is printed locally. So if it's letterpress printed, it's done right in our shop on Kapahulu, and then um, offset and foiling we do here in town, and it's all on recycled paper. Oh, so you have a printer at, in your shop? Uh, we have a letterpress, so the old, old-school letter so describe press. a letter press you know see I, I'm used to you know these things yes. that uh, like Xerox machines they just pump it all out what, what is a letter, letter? So, is, it, is it like silk screen I mean like no it's like the like the old Gutenberg press it's like one color at a time uh-huh. now we have photopolymer plates so I can design it we stick it on a, a, a negative and then we have a plate maker in our shop um, and that makes the reverse image and Ian will ink up the press with one color and every color has a different plate. So I'll have to wipe down the press and then re-ink it and replate it for every color. Is this something that is easily purchased? I mean, or is this something that's somewhat antiquated? It is antiquated. Our press is about uh, uh, 60 years old, the one, the main one that we use. And then we just bought one that's like 100-something years old. And how did you get this press? I mean, was it something you inherited or did it be? No, we actually had it shipped over from San Francisco because um, you had it there. I, I had seen letterpress printing a long, long time ago, and there's nothing that can uh, reproduce that feel. There's so a- you wanted to you wanted to have that that sense of um, design that the letterpress would produce. Yes, the texture is like it's like nothing else, and you just want to touch it. And it's now it's, I'm going to ask you a really dumb question because okay. you know I'm not <laughs> familiar with letterpress, but you know in the olden days they had these uh, sort of mimeograph uh, and and. How do you actually run it? How do you run the letterpress? Is it is there's it there's a motor or? hooked up onto it. The old old one that's like over hundred years old. That one has a foot pedal that we're going to try and fabricate for it. But the one that we use regularly has a motor on it, mm-hmm. and um, it's got it's called a windmill Heidelberg windmill press. So there's four arms. One picks up the paper, sticks it in between the platen and the um, the roller. I mean, I, I guess I should have Ian talk about this, but it it basically smashes the plate into the paper and okay, the ink, right, and then right. it picks it up and drops it off. Now, is there a is there a quantity that is optimal for the letterpress? Like, if somebody if or you decided, oh, I'm gonna we're gonna do a print run, and is the print run a hundred, a five hundred, ten thousand? I mean, what's the optimal print run for the letterpress? For us, it's not very much per hour. <laughs> I would say less than 500 an hour because uh, we need to make sure the colors are aligned. And then the press is old, so mm-hmm. it, every other, like, you can adjust things with a wrench and stuff, but it's a very manual process. Mm-hmm. So if you cranked it up and you could run tens of thousands, I'm sure, in an hour, but that's not how we have ours set up. <laughs> so do you uh, do you have a sense of how many let's say, copies you have to create for a particular product that you're producing? Um, It depends on the product, but maybe the most popular ones, we might do maybe 500 to 1,000 at a time, Mm -hmm. and then that'll be in our inventory as it goes. And then do you sell this primarily in the store, or do you have it available online? We have it at our store, we have it online, and we're in about 150 retailers in Hawaii so far. 
150. So there, another aspect of the business is actually distribution. Yes. And who's responsible for distribution? We have um, a sales rep, and then um, the rest is just word of mouth. Wow. Yeah. So your so you have employees. Is your is your sales rep an employee? No, she's an independent. Independent. Rep. So mm-hmm. the primary employees are just you and your husband. Yes. And and so let's say a a, a design. You come up with a design. You decide to print a, a thousand of these up, and then now it's actually getting them into the stores. Yes. So that's part of why we applied for Mana Up is to help with those sales channels and what do we do next when we want to grow and yeah. Well, that's a great segue because I do want to talk about Mana Up and how you ended up going through the cohort. So we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back after the short break to continue our conversation with Stacy Numura. She's from Bradley and Lily. And of course, uh, this is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Wealth Jar, Hawaii Pacific University, and Locations. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and of course, we're talking to Stacy Nomura, and she is from Bradley and Lily. And right before the break, you know, we got a pretty good idea of what goes on at Bradley and Lily and the the process, I guess, of creating the the product, which could be a variety of different things uh, in the in the area of stationaries. Uh, but you know, right before the break, I was yeah, I think you helped tease this. Is uh, how did you end up getting into the Mana Up cohort? And what happens with a local business is that you know they they get to a point where they maybe I don't know whether it's comfort or there's a a sense of you know we've gotten to this point and now we need to f- take it to another level. I mean, what was the thought process that you and your husband had that decided oh we gotta you know maybe check out Mana Up? Yeah, I think I think we were at the point where we thought you know we have a product that people like, but how do we make it grow past Hawaii? You know, like. People will order online from Florida or Canada or Japan or wherever, but we think like, oh, how do we get it into the stores over there? So we, you know, we came upon uh, Mana Up online and we thought, let's let's apply. So okay, so I want to. Uh, so when you saw Mana Up, I mean, where did you hear about it? Did you just see it online? I mean, what, you know, is that something that you see? I don't know, maybe a, a meetup or some kind of like a demo day or some, you know, like I, Amelia always sends me uh, invites to the uh, kind of the the introduction to the next cohort, right? And I always find that a, a fun experience. But what is it that, from a company standpoint, made you decide? Oh, yeah, we should we should check this out. I mean, and did you hear about them? Did you hear other cohort members from cohort one say, "Hey, you know, you got to go." Check this out because it's really, really helpful. What was it that, what was the street talk about Mana Up? I, you know, bef- so before Cohort One, because we actually applied for Cohort One, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm one of those people who stays up late at night and like looks up entrepreneurial things. And I think it probably came up on a search. And then that's how we applied the first time. And we didn't get in. Okay, so <laughs> so you apl- you saw this thing, you applied and you didn't get in. Did you get any feedback? Like, what was it that, perhaps uh, didn't make the cut? We didn't get any feedback, but it sort of made me step back and think, okay, how can I make the next application better? 
So at that time, we didn't even get past the application process. We just sent it in and didn't really hear much. Mm -hmm. Um, And then so when the second uh, application came around, we really thought about it. We put our mission statement in there and we... Also, uh, oh, you were a you bit. felt a little more conscientious about uh, about maybe tightening up your application. Yes. Well, that's good. I mean, did, was the impression when you didn't get selected like ah, I don't you know ah, those guys they don't know what they're missing, so I'm not going to apply. But you actually took it as a challenge to make it better in the next go around. Yes, I I think um, we're just ready. We know that we are ready to grow and do something, and we just. That's the point. You have to either try it or you're going to give up, right? So when you did improve your application, and this is not, you know, I, I mean, I'm assuming uh, Mele didn't say, hey, you know, do this or do that. So you did whatever you thought would would get a, the attraction. What was it that indicated to you that uh, you were tracking to be in the next cohort? Did did you get selected for another round? I mean, what was the what was the process to actually get in? Yes, yeah, so you fill out. Um, well, actually, they had a like an open house at Mana Up, mm-hmm. um, so I went to that before the application. And I was like, "Yes, we have to apply. This sounds like an amazing program." So we applied and um, heard back, and they said, "Can you come in for an interview?" And so that was the next step. And I interviewed, and then we made it. Okay, so who who did the interview? Oh my goodness. It was really intimidating for me. <laughs> yeah, was it was it Melly and and uh, Melly um, Brittany? Brittany wasn't there. Um she has a new baby so yeah, she's right. probably with the baby and then um there were one, two, three other panelists and then there was a bunch of interns. But for me, like coming from like a little mom and pops company mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then you go into this thing and there's so many people and they're asking all kinds of questions. It was just like, wow, I have to change hats here. And what, did they shine the light on you just like the interrogation <laughs> room? They were really nice, but <laughs> but they did ask challenging questions. Oh. So yeah. And so once you got once you got selected, was there anything that you have to you had to kind of uh, uh, give up to be a part of it? I mean, did you, have, you didn't have to pay to be a part of it, right? You have no, you don't have to pay to be a part of Mana Up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a time commitment. It's mm-hmm. a twelve week program. You have to go once a week, and they have weekly check ins. And so, what is that like? I mean, do you do you every does everybody come in the same time during that once a week check in, or do you all have different check ins? The check ins are by phone. Whenever you can, so you set up a time with um, Mana Up. But the uh, weekly meetings mm-hmm. are on Tuesdays this time, and it's like a three to four hour thing. So they bring in, they have a little meeting, and then they bring in a speaker, mm-hmm. and then there's a pauhana, and it's it's been really amazing. It's only been three weeks, I think, now so far, but I've learned so much, and I've heard so much vocabulary that I never heard before. <laughs> <laughs> now, is in terms of the. Uh, uh, coming in and actually, is that for everybody? Everybody comes in at the same time? Yes. So that's a good way of actually meeting some of the other players that are part of the cohort. Yes, it's been great. You see, everybody's at a different stage in their business and different size businesses and doing different things in different industries. But it's it's neat to hear how they work through their various challenges. So in, in the last minute that we have, I'm, I'm curious, uh, what have you already covered and what do you expect in the next, let's say, nine weeks? We have covered digital marketing. We went on a tour of Tory Richard mm-hmm. and met um, Josh Feldman, which was amazing. 
um, they're going to bring in some more mentors and just help us learn how to make connections and grow. That's their main thing is how to grow. Well, so you know what I really love about the um, Meli and, and the whole Mana Up thing is that the open house is great. They do it over at the office, but then they have a big showcase. Yes. And they had the showcase over at Salt. Yes. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what you guys do at the, at the showcase because everybody has to kind of go up there and actually do a presentation. Yeah, so every week we're practicing our <laughs> pitch. <laughs> that's great. And yeah, so that's in November. So where can people find out more about Bradley and Lily? Uh, BradleyandLily.com is our website, and you can stop by our shop in Kilohana Square. Also. And maybe get more information if everybody you know, listens to the show and then wants to talk to you more about it. They can actually go to the shop yes. and talk to you. You can see the press. Very good. Of course, Stacey Nomura, she heads up Bradley and Lily, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. And of course, we want to thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about a couple of student projects that came out of Nalukai Academy. If you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. If you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. You can also find us on Twitter. And, of course, uh, our engineer is David Chung. You can catch us on HPR1 every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app. You stay awesome, and we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. You, it's a pain